Okay, favorite thing to put on the grill during the summer for a barbecue? Favorite thing to put on the grill during the summer for a barbecue? Yeah. What are you grilling these days? Well, the most common, of course, is burgers, but uh, brats. I like brats. Okay. But what I like to do is um, I like to try other things. Like uh, sometimes you get the, the aluminum foil packets of all kinds of things. Yeah. It's got potatoes and some oh, diff- different, yeah. different kinds of meat or or a shrimp in it, and it's all mixed together, and that's fun. You can wait. You buy all that? Like it's already pre? No, 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 oh, no. You make but, your own. But yeah, but when you put it on, it's all already there. See, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I saw a recipe the other day. It was grilled avocado, and then you put like a, it's like a chickpea thing on it. It looked delicious, but I haven't tried it yet. I've never grilled an avocado, but I'm willing to try. Remember the conversation about avocado toast? Yes, <laughs> I still am eating it. Have you had it yet? I had it once because you forced it on me. It's good. Actually, I like avocado. Yeah, it's wonderful. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. It's July. We're barbecuing. We're in the middle of July. This is Father Herb, and that is Michael. And uh, we are racing to the 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. You're taking a little retreat time this week. I am on retreat. Let and, me tell you how and this, here you are. <laughs> let me tell you how this works this year. My retreat was scheduled in May, and the retreat house is closed. And then I tried during the summer, various places, even hermitages, and they were already filled. They see your number calling and they don't answer. And so I decided I would use this week as a retreat week. And basically, I'm on retreat as I'm talking to you. Now, I take that as a compliment. Okay. Basically, what I'm doing is I come over for a mass in the morning. Yeah. And then the rest of the day is in retreat. Now, taking 23 minutes to do this podcast is is spiritual because it is i mean even with michael because you're spending time with me i'm spent yeah do you want me to talk a little softer today no you don't have to be soft to be on retreat (laughs) oh it's not a sign yesterday was a really beautiful day and uh a a good chance uh to uh delve in i I read lots of lives of people uh holy people spiritual people as they've been trying to follow christ and i find that uh touches the the right side of my brain yeah so you don't just analyze spirituality you you get an image of it but the the other thing that i find myself doing is um being very reflective on life i am one of the things i'm doing and this should not sound morbid i do it every so often about every two years i'm redoing my funeral liturgy picking scripture readings sure and i find that really helpful because uh, you, you look at the readings and what does it say to me and what do I want to say to people? Uh, it's very appropriate, actually, for, for a retreat to do something like that. We're going to do your whole funeral mass in 23 minutes. Uh, no, no. It'll be a I, I think the readings themselves will take 23 minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It's going to be like the, the dedication of the, the building. Just <laughs> two hours and 24 minutes or whatever it was. All right. We can do it again. I um The... I just start, you know, talking about holy people that you like to read about. I just started a memoir this morning. Uh, You're writing it? No, uh, it's Julie Andrews. Oh, Julie Andrews. She's a, she's a living saint. You think so? I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, last week I talked about don't waste good. Yes. When we had some seeds that were planted, you some must have wasted. been watching a lot of NCIS no, during no, this quarantine. No, actually. I haven't watched, I don't watch a whole lot of it, but it's on a lot, but I catch an episode once in a while. I, 
it's the one I've never watched that show. I know p- people are obsessed with it. Well, it's it's the characters. Sure. Some of the some of the actual. That's what they say about us too. Yeah. Some of the crimes that are interesting to follow up, but it's the characters, um, their interactions. It's it's been traditionally written rather well. There have been they've gone through one or two years where. I think they had different writers, and then they got it back together again afterwards. I've been catching up on This Old House on PBS. It reminds me of my dad because he watched that show a lot. It, it's I keep saying it's kind of like the original HGTV. It was HGTV it, before. Yeah, it, you're right. Um, yeah, And that's been around for a long time as well. It's the same guys. They haven't aged. It's a great show, though. Okay. Well, meanwhile... We, we digressed. I, I brought in the scripture, and we ended up talking about this old, uh, house. This old house. I really like it. Anyway, so last week I said we're getting, getting into a lot of parables, and so we had the seed parable. Mm-hmm. Guess what? This week we have another parable, and it's about seeds again. And, and weeds. And weeds. Now, let's before we go too far— uh, there are three parables in this passage, plus another section where Jesus explains the parable. But the short version is just the first parable. So we're just going to read that first section right now. And right. Michael, since I got to read last week, would you like to read the, the version this week? That's very nice of you to share. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 13. The short version is verses 24 to 30. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No, if you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, thank you. You read it very well. Thanks. I didn't didn't even practice it. I like to affirm you every so often. Once every three years. Okay, now this is one of those passages that should make you laugh out loud. I couldn't. I was reading it. I don't think people realize the humor of it. Where, where is the humor? Sowing weed seeds. Where does one go to get the seeds for weed? You don't go to the local store and say, I, I need some good seeds, but I need some seeds for weeds too. Where did the, the villain get those the weed seeds? From bird seed, just through bird seed. No, bir- bird seed is basically good seed. Is it? I think so. Not if you don't want it to grow. Well, a bigger question is, what is a weed? That is a good question. Re- remember the Anderson's Garden Store that was around for some time? Yeah. yeah. And it was wonderful, for especially for perennials. And I was over there one day, and I could not believe what I found. There, among all these beautiful, beautiful flowers, mm-hmm. was a planted bull thistle. The thistle. Isn't that a weed? Yes, but it was among the flowers. Uh, now, FYI, you didn't know this, but the, the thistle is the official flower of Scotland. Really? Did you know that? I didn't. No, that's what I said. That's what so I- apparently it, a weed or a, a flower is in the eye of the beholder. 
Well, I've heard the saying, you know, a weed is just a flower in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know if I totally agree with that. It's because uh, I said it. No, oh. I've heard that too. Oh. But <laughs> it, there are plenty of things. Well, I've seen flowers in the wrong place too. Well, okay, use a use a dandelion as an example. Most but people hate them in their lawn. Any place that they are is a wrong place. But they're not unattractive looking little flowers. If you get like a whole little field of them, they can be quite beautiful. So back to the original question. Where do you get the seeds for weeds? Now, dandelion, you you wait till they all come to fruition and you grab a bunch of those things that blow in the wind? Yeah. Is that what the this guy did? Or did he... How did he gather up the seeds for the weeds? I don't know. I just hear the song Dust in the Wind while you're talking. <laughs> I was th- hearing Blowing in the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, in the, where they've been building the, the new Waterville Bridge, the construction site is just a couple of properties down from our yard. And there's this huge mound of weeds um, that is right now, blo- it looks like cotton. That's wood. kind of their staging area for the construction. Yeah, that's where they've been keeping a lot of the equipment and such. Um, and it looks like cottonwood. In fact, I said to my wife yesterday, I said, why is there still looks like cottonwood blowing all over the place? Because it'll be on the grass in the mornings and yeah. it's blowing through the air. And she said she discovered it's actually the, this huge mound of weeds that is over at the construction site. So it, it, they, they replant themselves in ways like trees do, too. Sure. In fact, there are so many zillions and zillions of, of seeds floating around everywhere i went out for a walk last week someplace and um, when i came back i was taking off my hiking shoes and i had uh white athletic socks on Mm -hmm. and all these little seeds had adhered to the socks really so it's like they weren't like prickly were they no no they just kind of attached themselves and i could pull them off it didn't do any harm but that's what happens. They they attach themselves to something, and they they're along for the ride. <laughs> and wherever they land, that's where they will. I know people take like root. that too. Yeah, they, wherever they land. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the we have to make that turn eventually. By the way, because Jesus isn't really talking about seeds and weeds. What is he's not talking about people necessarily? Is it you going to call some people weeds? I know so, I could be a weedy person every once in a while, and that's not like the breakfast cereal. Just to be clear. Is there a weedy? Weedy, weedies. Oh, wheat, wheaties. It was a play on words. You didn't. I, get, I didn't catch. You're it. on retreat this I, week. I'm on retreat. Well, go back to the opening line of the parable. The first four words. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, "The kingdom of heaven." Okay, stop right there. The kingdom of heaven. Not all parables, but the majority of parables start with the phrase, "The kingdom of heaven may be like or can be compared to." The kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is basically saying, uh, Mark chapter 4, which has a, a series of parables about seeds, mm-hmm. has the shortest parable about seeds, the one that I like the most, where it says, the kingdom of God is like the farmer who plants the seeds, and he goes home, goes to bed, and the seeds grow, and they produce the ear, and eventually the farmer comes back and harvests. The end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I like that story because it's basically saying the kingdom of God is already being planted while we are on this earth. Mm-hmm. People often, especially with the translation, the kingdom of heaven, 
when they say the kingdom of heaven, people think, heaven, oh, I live well, I die, I go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about. The kingdom of heaven is the realm in which a, a new world can exist even on this earth. And the seeds are already being planted. Now, the question of the weeds, which is a very real thing, is basically also picking up on this whole idea that even though something as good as the kingdom of heaven is planted and growing, it's growing in the midst of weeds. So there's evil with us even while we're trying to live heavenly. Uh, We try to live good lives and there is bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> That's a very technical explanation. Uh, bad stuff. It, you'll find it in all the moral theology books. <laughs> you you must have gone to school for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is bad stuff. I mean, yeah. there, there's evil. We live in an imperfect world. And every so often people try to, I don't think it's bad, but it's doomed to fail. They try to create uh, a utopia. And you can't have that totally. Uh, sure. You have to learn how to live even when there's, uh, there's, I won't just say bad stuff. I'll say there's downright evil. And so the evil is not just the, the, the weeds. The evil is the fact that weeds or bad things are being intentionally inserted into our world and into our lives. You know, in this parable, the master says that an enemy has done this, and the slaves reply, do you want us to go and pull them up? Like, do you want us just to remove it? And I think that's so many times our natural reaction. If there's something that's an opposing force or something that disagrees with us or something that doesn't turn out the way that we ideally want it to, our natural inclination sometimes is, well, let's just eliminate it. Yeah. Instead of living in the tension or living in, in the, in, in a place that may be a little uncomfortable. And it doesn't mean we're compromising. It means we're admitting that we can't pull it all up, or if we pull it up, we're also harming ourselves. In this case, uh, the what happened? Well, first of all, you don't always notice what is a weed and what is the plant. Sometimes they grow up together. I've got a couple of things coming in my garden right now mm-hmm. that I'm just going to allow it to grow a little bit because I don't know. Uh, I know I didn't personally plant them, but they could be seeds from last year's plant plants. So you're just going to wait and see. I'll just wait a little bit. But the other thing is weeds often uh, tie themselves right around the root base of a good plant. Have you ever noticed that? I was... uh, I don't check out root bases a whole lot, but I bet... Do you have a garden? We have lots of flowers and shrubs and plants and such. We we have no vegetables in okay, our Okay, I'm not talking year. about shrubs. I'm talking about flowers mostly. But. We have flowers. Okay. Well, yesterday I was walking past a flower bed, and I noticed that these weeds, and we talked last week how they grow so fast, but they were like coming out almost in the identical place as the plant that I had planted. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, along for the ride. They're using the same shoot through the ground that the good plant had come up and I wanted to pull out the weed but how do I do it without harming the base of the good plant and that's really basically probably what Jesus was referring to because there there are plenty of weeds that they go even a step further and they wrap themselves around the root base Mm -hmm. so sometimes if you think you're having a bad day and everybody's out to get you they probably are (laughs) <laughs> there, there, there's, there is stuff going on where people 
and I don't know if people are trying to be cruel, but they often buy into probably one of the most basic of all sins, which is self-centeredness. Uh, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. I have to get myself ahead. I have to get things my way. It lends itself to greed. It lends itself to corruption. It lends itself to uh, lack of empathy of other people. You don't care what other people feel as long as, you know, I wanted that parking place, you know. Frank Sinatra wrote a great song about that. I did it my way, that yeah. one. Yeah. Which, in you know, it's, it's probably one of the worst songs. Uh, don't tell Frank. Theologically. I oh. don't think he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he sings it well. He just made a lot of money off of yes, it. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've been angry at my grass. I talked to my grass. I, that's not true. I don't talk to it. But I am angry. My grass and I are friends. Are you, are you, I'm, I'm getting angry because there's all these little foreign things popping up in the grass that I don't want there because it's not grass, it's weeds. Um, but it's easy when you're looking at it, uh, the entire yard as a whole, it's very easy not to see them because they just kind of blend in, especially after you cut it, everything just kind of looks uniform but when you are are walking through the yard and you can look at it more closely and you're seeing uh just different pockets of it then and you can it might be the the clo- the little bitty clover or the what we often call crabgrass or something like that sure so you know sometimes in our own lives you know if we look at the broad strokes we may say well i i'm the flower everybody else is the weeds you know if we're looking at what we think may be the big picture um, but I think sometimes we have to analyze that in our lives, in, in circumstances, sometimes we are the weeds without realizing it to other people or even to ourselves. Okay. That really gets into uh, maybe the, the biggest word I will use today, and I don't mean in terms of length, but of most significance, the word discernment. A discernment is kind of almost the root, no pun intended, but it's the root base for spirituality. Mm-hmm. Now, St. Ignatius of Loyola talked about discernment all the time. We often think of discernment as only applying when we have to make a big decision. Mm-hmm. You know, do I go to this college or that college? Do I marry this person or not? But discernment should be a daily awareness of where God is at work in our life, how we are connecting with God's work in our life Mm -hmm. or where we are failing to recognize God's work in our life. So discernment would be the kind of thing where we not only look at the grass in the yard and see the weeds, but it also means we have to look at ourselves with complete honesty. And we have to realize sometimes we are the self-centered person. Sometimes we are the one who is cruel, uh, we pass ourselves off as very good. I've used this before in homilies probably way too many times, but how many times people have said to me over the years, well, I'm not a bad person. I haven't killed anybody or, or anything. <laughs> yeah. Remember that line? Yes. Or anything. I don't, I always wonder what that other anything is. You're not allowed to talk so, about it. So it's easy to disguise ourselves, uh, to ignore the weediness of our own life. I think it's important too to have somebody in your life that will be honest with you because sometimes it's hard to do self-reflection and not well that's one of the one of the things about discernment discernment should never be done alone if you're living in a community 
the community is to keep you honest. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if you can be a Christian by yourself. You know, I've asked myself uh, if I were living on a deserted island, could I be a Christian? I suppose I could espouse all the Christian faith. I could espouse the prayers that I know, maybe even a lot of the scriptures I have memorized. I could pray. But would I be truly a Christian? I don't know. That mm -hmm. would be the question because it could erode so easily. I've been reading uh, a book kind of about, you know, relationships that we have in our lives and the people that um, they talk about the difference. Are you talking about Julie Andrews? No, different book. Okay. Julie and I are not close. We don't. I know her, but she doesn't know me. Okay. Uh, surprise. But it was talking about like the difference between casual friendships versus like having a mentor in your life. And one of the words that it uses is it's talking about an advocate, like having somebody that really has your best interest at heart and is willing to have difficult conversations with you to help hopefully build you up and be better. And the flip side of that, though, is as individuals, we have to be um, open and put pride aside to allow somebody to say to us, guess what? You're being a weed today. I'm going to spray some Roundup on you. <laughs> so, no, Roundup causes cancer? Yeah, that's Question true. Mark. We, yeah, we okay. don't. Yeah. By the way, this podcast is not sponsored by Roundup. <laughs> uh, or, we, yeah. or Wheaties. <laughs> or Wheaties. Yeah, but to have, you know, those relationships in our lives that, you know, uh, let's keep the analogy going. We'll just stretch this. A garden isn't beautiful with just one plant in it, right? It takes many plants to make a garden beautiful and to be... Well, that's the title of your, your memoirs. It takes My, many flowers to make a garden beautiful. It takes many flowers and this guy still is not beautiful. That's the name of the yeah. memoir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to it, we have to be able to analyze when um, we are able to be beautiful for other people, but also when we're suffocating other people and, and bringing... Um, we're allowing evil into our hearts and that infiltrates the world around us. And the final line is, remember, unfortunately, we live in an imperfect world. There are weeds. How do we align ourselves with good plants and not with the weeds, not give in to it? I think the sacrament of reconciliation is a great start. And the community itself, the Eucharist. Yes. All yes. of the above. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us down so now you can continue your retreat. We'll just end quietly today. Okay. God bless you all. <laughs>